Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You know, if you want to take that big trip and that's important to you and something you value, do it. But um, my dad used to say, uh, you can have anything you want, not everything. And I took that to heart when I was 16. And I, my clients repeat that back to me. You know, I'm going to take this big trip, but I may keep my car an extra couple years. And it's all the values and the choices that you have to make. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week... Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Welcome back to the pod. I am so glad to have you here. This episode, it really got me thinking. Now I know how important core values are to your money, but I think even I needed a refresh on mine. And so I'm thinking that you might be in the same boat as me. So what do you value most in life? And do those values transfer over to your money? 
maybe you're like me and you get caught up in life and spending money and doing things and don't really stop and think, hmm, does this expense or investment or bank account, et cetera, does this actually align with my values? I know that I don't do that enough, but this episode definitely has me thinking about my values. Sherry Greco reaches, she's the author of a new book, Maximize Your Return on Life, Invest Your Time and Money in What You Value Most. She's also the co-founder, principal, and chief visionary officer, I love that, of Rappaport Reaches Capital Management, and is the architect of the firm's Maximize Your Return on Life solution, where she aligns clients' financial planning with, you guessed it, their core values. It's pretty cool. Sherry is sharing on this episode how to uncover your core values and then how do you actually physically, practically align them to your money so every dollar you spend has a purpose. So thrilled to bring you this episode. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is the Millennium Money Podcast, and let's head into the episode. We have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Uh, One place I just want to start is you say that something is missing in financial planning conversations, that we're not talking about core values when it comes to our money. And while investment performance is really important, it's just not always at people's top of mind, even though we think it might be, it it really isn't. So I just want to start out like, why are we not talking more about core values? Why is this not part of the conversation? Well, I think that the industry is so inundated with financial advice and a lot of money managers are so impressed with their performance and the returns and they love talking about the statistics and they don't see that it just glazes over their clients' faces. And probably about four or five years ago, I was at a seminar and I was a little skeptical. I went to the seminar. It was a women's leadership financial seminar and they had us in a room and they had us spend about 45 minutes to determine our core values. And I was kind of skeptical and I'm like, I've done this before, (laughs) done it before. And I have an epiphany came up and I got so much out of the seminar that I decided that I should bring this to my practice. And core values are so important. Um, We get on this treadmill. It's like we earn money, save money, spend money, invest money, and no one thinks about it. And I actually have in my book, I joked that uh, I brought it up to one of my uh, clients, this couple, and they said they spent more time picking the color of their car than ever talking about their values. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can relate because I think my husband looks at the engine, I look at the color of the car, but you know. Right. But it's it's very true. And it's 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 weird just somehow life kind of just, I don't know, swoops us away and we're not thinking about these things. And I've talked about values a little bit on the show, of course, before, but I always get this question that comes back and maybe you can kind of help us define this is how do we even figure out what our core values are? Like, how do we go through that process of kind of stopping life and figuring that out? Yeah. I mean, I, there's a list and you can go online and there's a list of core values, but I try to have people think about, you know, what brings you joy? And what brings you joy is not the same for everyone. Uh, buying a new necklace may bring one person joy. Donating to a charity may bring joy to another person. But some sometimes society defines what our value should be. And so, you know, what brings you joy? I have them think in their past, you know, when you were younger, what brought you joy? Um, what are things that are really important to you? 
what are things that you'd like to leave a legacy um, to your family, to your children? And it takes some time, but you, you know, what I have um, that a lot of my clients do is look at the list of a hundred values. And I say, just don't think too much about it. Circle 25 of them. <laughs> then take a step back, take a breath, then go back and circle 10, you know, knock off 15, take a breath, think about it and try to get down to five. You know, and I have the overachievers that want to do seven or 10 and I say, okay, but, <laughs> but I really, um, you know, you need to take the time to really think about it and think, and what is things that I have found is if you have a significant other, it's important to share those values because you're not always in sync. And you also have to understand your values change. And a lot of people's values change during this pandemic. And I think right. they, they needed time to think about that. Yeah, I think we're some of us are still processing. <laughs> yeah. And another question I ask is, you know, what brings you energy? Um, you know, that is an important thing for people. You know, what gives you that positive energy? And that could be a way to look at your values too. Mm, I like that a lot. Yeah. It's it's crazy that we go through high school, college, adulthood, our twenties, and we never really think about these things and nobody prompts us to pause and think about them. So mm -hmm. particularly when it comes to money, we just spend money and, um, you know, we're just kind of living our life. And then I think somewhere in like your thirties, this is what happened to me was that moment of like, wait a minute, am I, am I doing this all correctly? Or am I, am I being really intentional with my money? And when I stopped to think about it, I was like, no, I'm, I'm spending money on things that I don't value and the things I do, I'm not. And so I think it's it's important to get to a point uh, to really think about it. But I'm I just don't understand why we're not taught this earlier on in life because this is a real priority. You know, I've had two really sobering situations. I had a lawyer that was a client that's seventy eight years old and said he wished he would have read my book. 30, 40 years ago, he ended up getting divorced. He was a workaholic and he thought his value was making money, making money. And when he took a step back, he realized that family was a value and mm -hmm. he just didn't. And it was just really sad for me. And I was like, if I can change a life early on in their 30s and 40s. And um, a client like 89 years old called me and he almost had tears. He left me a voice message over the weekend and he's buying. Um, this book for all of his grandchildren because he wants, he said he'd never thought about his values and he wishes he would have. And I think that there's a treadmill that people get on and they just keep going and going and make money. And they, they feel, they think they feel good about that. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> Till we have that pause moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I have two types of clients. I have clients that feel guilty about spending and I have clients that just spend it, don't feel guilty. And what I try to do with the values is, you know, if you want to take that big trip and that's important to you and something you value, do it. But um, my dad used to say, uh, you can have anything you want, not everything. And I took that to heart when I was 16. And I, my clients repeat that back to me. You know, I'm going to take this big trip, but I may keep my car an extra couple of years. And it's all the values and the choices that you have to make. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you about that saying because I know that's that's one of your favorite sayings. Now I know that it comes from your dad. And I think it is really impactful to to think about that because 
there's also this sort of world when we're talking about money where it's we can do anything, be anything, have anything, but sometimes there's limitations, whether they're, you know, family, society. I, I mean, there's a million different things that might limit you being able to do absolutely anything. But I like that idea of that there is sometimes a trade-off that taking that big vacation is not a bad thing. Yeah, maybe you do keep the car a year longer. And that's okay because that aligns with your values. Yeah. And actually today is my dad passed away and it's his birthday today. So it's a special day. And so I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm very sentimental. But um, if you have a moment, I want to share where this all came from. Yes. Um, When I was um, 16, my dad told all the kids, there were seven kids, that for every dollar we put in the bank, he would double it. So I got three jobs. And I was an overachiever back then. Um, But one day, you know, I had this money in my account and Bruce Springsteen was coming to concert. And I also wanted a pair of these fry boots. And I just remember this. And I didn't have enough for both. And I went to my dad and I said, what do you do? I want to do both. I want the fry boots and I want to go to Bruce Springsteen. And he and I I almost have tears when I tell you the story. And he looked me in the eye and he said, you can have anything you want. You just can't have everything. So what is more important to you? And I picked the Springsteen and I went with my best friends who I'm still friends with today. And I, I have primarily spent a lot of my money on, on experiences and being with friends. And it was a lesson I learned really young. And I've tried to share that with as many people as possible. I like that story a lot, and um, I approve of Bruce Springsteen. So, <laughs> choice. You, can't, choice. you can't let down Bruce. No way. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so if we if we lay out our core values, then how do we look at like our money, our lifestyle, and figure out do these align? And then how do we make some of those shifts if they don't? Yeah, and that that's a, a really good question. I, I kind of look at values um, as a roadmap for two things, your time and your money. And I'll start with the money. So th- the first thing that I hope uh, my clients are doing and the millennials is some kind of budget. And, you know, I kind of use these broad guidelines that 50% of your budget should go to basics, um, 20% should go towards paying down debt, starting savings, getting an emergency fund. And 30% is your discretionary money. And that's where you really need to look at the values because you don't have infinite amount of money there. And so it really, um, if health is one of your values, are you spending money on a personal trainer in a health club or are you buying an expensive bag that really, you know, a purse that isn't your value. So you need to really look at the budget, see where you're spending the money and, and really be hard on yourself. And every time, you know, over a certain dollar amount or a certain category, say, is this one of my values? Is this important to me? And you might be surprised. And again, if you have a significant other, um, you know, you may have one spouse that, wants flexibility and the other one's working 80 hours a week to afford their lifestyle. They need to get together on this. And maybe they don't need the huge house with all the expenses and they don't need the second home. Maybe one spouse would rather work 45 hours a week or be of counsel or, or, or something like that. So you need to really take a hard look at that and talk about it. 
What do you think happens that prompts those kind of timeouts in life? Is it that we either go through a, a tragedy or a loss or maybe we lose our job or I, I, whatever it might be that sort of prompt that? But like, I'm curious with your clients, like what you see in them that makes them stop and realize, okay, I've got to take a timeout and, and figure out a better way to do this. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a lot of those. I think the pandemic was a big, um, big eye-opening experience for people. Um, they may not have lost their job, but they saw others. And I think they realized that having a saving and having an emergency fund did provide the flexibility, the peace of mind, and the security. Unfortunately, um, there's a lot of stress for the millennials and they're seeing, you know, their friends going through stress. There's health issues that come up and I see sometimes they take a, take a step back. Uh, it could be a marriage that doesn't last and all of a sudden they're on their own and they need to figure out what's important to them, not what was important when they were together. So it's usually a life transition or some kind of event. Sometimes it's just hopefully working with us. They get this thought and this epiphany that this is important and they need to start thinking about their values. And, and I think the media has started talking more about it. Um, you know, it's not as sexy as, as some of these uh, cryptocurrency and fang stocks <laughs> and all the things that this, you know, next generation loves to talk about. But um, I think, I think we're starting to see a shift and we're starting to see people look at their values. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. 
I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. We have an Ask Shauna, and this one comes from Joe. And Joe says, I just listened to your podcast on insurance. I'm currently a young single woman. Do I need life insurance? Nobody is dependent on me. Additionally, what type of disability should I get? Would my car insurance cover disability if I was to get into a wreck? These are great questions, Joe. And um, 
Thank you so much for being a listener to the show. Obviously, that episode left a mark on you, so I really appreciate it. And thanks for sending in the question. I love it. This is a great, no-nonsense, straightforward question, which is amazing. But let's divide them up a little bit here. So I want to talk about the first thing, the idea of your young single woman, do you need life insurance? And you may not need life insurance right now, especially if no one is dependent on you. And let's say you aren't a co-signer on any loans or credit cards, car loans, student loans, anything with the word loan in it. If you work for a company, typically they might offer you up to $50,000 in life insurance for free. So in that case, at least you would have something for the time being. But I like to look at life insurance when there are life stages you're going through, like buying a house or getting married, you're in a long-term relationship, maybe you're having a child or starting a business. Those are usually the best times to start looking at life insurance, but even having a little bit of life insurance could be impactful for your beneficiary if, say, you wanted to have a funeral or you wanted to be cremated or maybe you wanted to donate a little bit of money. Maybe you have a special cause or charity that you love. So that might be another reason that you think about having at least a little something, but again, might not be the best time for you. So for disability insurance, Again, your company might offer some sort of benefit, so be sure to check with your human resources. But let me explain the difference between short-term and long-term disability. So short-term disability is intended to cover you immediately after a serious illness, injury, and long-term disability insurance is there to maintain income replacement. So it typically replaces up to 60% of your income. So if you can't work past the end of your short-term disability benefit, um, this is where long-term disability would come in and, and usually provide coverage, sometimes up to retirement age, depending on the plan and, of course, your illness or injury. So hopefully that clears that up a little bit. Now for your car insurance, that would cover you under personal injury protection, it's PIP, or medical payments, MedPay, you might see either one of those on your insurance policy, no matter who is at fault. However, most policies do have some limits, so be sure to check with your policy and see what is covered. You, of course, also have your healthcare insurance, which is going to pay for your doctors and your hospital stays and those sorts of things. But then after that is where disability would come into play. So if you were injured and couldn't work, you could either look at your company's short-term disability plan, you could look at social security disability or your emergency fund. And for long-term disability, more than 90 days, you're in the territory of needing some disability insurance or some form of really big plan B. Uh, I would go check. There are companies like Policy Genius who sponsor this show, but I would recommend them anyway. Uh, they have disability and life insurance, very solid company. I love what they offer and I like the ease where you can shop online. There are other companies you could look at like Guardian Life and Mass Mutual, and uh, they offer disability policies as well. So there are lots of different places for you to go in terms of disability. But what I love about disability insurance is it's there to protect your income. 
And right now, in my opinion, for most of us, that is the most valuable asset we have. So I think life insurance may or may not need it. Disability insurance is a whole different ballgame. So Joe, hopefully that answered some of your questions. And again, thank you so much for submitting this great question. If you are listening and you have a question just like Joe, head to the link in the show notes. You can fill out a quick Ask Shauna questionnaire. You can even keep yourself anonymous. That's totally fine. But I would love to answer your question. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Sherry is sharing some more gems about aligning your money with your values in the second half of our chat. So let's get back to it. Well, kind of along those lines, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of people just in general turning to social media or YouTube, whatever it might be for investing tips. And some of those tips are maybe not exactly quote unquote right for your particular investing goals. But I find something with investing is we're always looking for like, well, what's the hot thing? What's mm-hmm. the thing that we can uh, buy and that's going to maybe change our life uh, from a money perspective at least? But when we think about core values and we think about investing, like how do we pair those two things together? Because I think a lot of us invest and core values just isn't even in the conversation. Yeah. And it's, you know, I actually got my certificate and applied behind behavioral uh, analysis. And what there's a term that you just said, it's recency. And so a lot of people say, well, my friend just made all this money on cryptocurrency. It's never going to go down. I'm going to put my money there. And there's not a discipline or a patience going forward. And so, you know, we try to impart that you need, if you want to take some of your money, do that. But when, if you have a value that you want to buy a home in a nice area or a home for your family, make sure that that money that you're saving is not at risk, is not emotional investing. That should be a disciplined approach. It should have some kind of security attached to it. So it's kind of the values that you have, you know, flow into the investments. And it's so easy to get to think there's no shortcuts. There's no mental shortcuts when it comes to investing. It's a long, long um, road and you have to have patience. Man, I was really hoping we would have a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, I, do this, I do this quiz with a lot of my investors and it's, it's called the ball and bat. So if a bat and a ball cost a dollar ten, and the bat is a dollar more than the ball, how much does the ball cost? And nine times out of 10, someone says 10 cents. 
And that's not right. It's really five cents because the bat's a dollar more than the ball. So a dollar oh five plus five cents is a dollar ten. And I think that um, we're so used to mental shortcuts that stock A went up 10 percent. I'm going to buy stock A today. I'm going to go up 10 percent. And again, it's just like the values. You have to take a step back and say, is this money that I'm going to need in the near future? If so, I need to put it in a safe place. I can't risk it. And, you know, I don't want to risk my future, my security, because I'm convinced that this particular investment is going to go up because the media keeps telling me so. That's good advice. I like that. That's like a good trivia question yeah. to ask. I, <laughs> I use it as an interview question with my associates here. I, I so. like it. I like it a lot. It's kind of a head scratcher there for yeah. a minute. And like, it can't be this simple. There has to be a little right. bit more to it. Well, tell me a little bit about your book, Maximize Your Return on Life Solution. Like, tell me a little bit about how this developed and what you want the, the reader to really walk away with. Yeah, I mean, I've been in the business a long time. I, I started in the banking business. And unfortunately, um, my biological father died at age 32, leaving my mom with a newborn and myself who was eight years old. And I, I just saw the stress that she kind of went through. Um, she did remarry. And Dante Greco, who was my mentor, and I call him my dad, too, he adopted me. I was fortunate he raised me. He was in the banking business. So I grew up with this financial background. You know, I grew up with you can have anything you want, not everything. You should always pay yourself first. But I um, continually see the stress in people. And, you know, I still remember the stress. I used to, my family had banks, community banks, and I worked there and I'd see the stress when they came in for loans and they wanted to pay for a wedding or they wanted to send a child to college and they never had planned for it. So, you know, I really got in this profession to really get this peace of mind and get people organized and have financial peace of mind. But then, like we mentioned at the beginning, something was missing. It was the values. And so if you can pair the values with financial peace of mind, you have a winning solution. So I then have spent the rest of my career trying to do that with my clients. And, you know, fortunately, I can't reach that many people uh, with this. You know, two, three hundred clients is what our firm has right now. And I thought by writing a book, maybe I could reach more people and maybe they would just take one one thing from the book and change their life and try to add the values. And so um, the book's been out, really today was like my official launch, but it's been out about six weeks. And every few days or every day, I get an email from someone that that mentions something in the book, whether it was a healthcare power of attorney for their 18-year-olds that they just, or they encouraged their children to start putting money in their 401k, or they had a really deep talk with their significant other about their values. It just makes me good. It makes me feel good that if I can change one life at a time through the book, yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah. Do you do you have a favorite uh, tip or favorite piece of the book? You know, I um, have a lot of favorite tips, but if I could leave everyone with one thing, I say the, the um, answer to financial happiness is to live within your means. If you live within mm -hmm. your means, everything else falls into place. You don't have a large debt. You have the flexibility if you need to make a change, if a job's not working out, if there's an emergency, you can help someone in your family. 
you can go to sleep at night and know that your your financial situation is is where it should be and that when i see people in trouble it's because they don't live within their means and if i can get more people to live within their means i feel like i've done my job and thinking about the behavioral side of money that you said you've you've studied obviously living within our means is something that we will all want to do but there's so much like consumerism flying at us all day long every day and in lots of different directions do you have any tips for us from like a mindset perspective or just a behavioral perspective of of how to be okay with living within our means? You know, one is be true to yourself and don't look at society's values because, you know, the media, big cars, big houses, jewelry, designer clothes, you know, that tends to be society's values. You have to really be true to yourself and what are your values? And so if you use your own values to make those spending decisions, I think you're going to go a long way. And you need to really, you know, I tell um, clients I work with, write them down, keep them handy, look at it every now and then, and make sure that you're true to yourself. And don't compare your values to everyone else's because they're all different. We're all different people. We all value different things. We think different things are important. Um, you know, the other tip is just, you know, don't get swept away by, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or, you know, the media or, um, you know, these get rich quick schemes. It's not going to work. <laughs> yes. Oh, if only it did. <laughs> I know. I know. If, you know, if it did, I'd be out of business. So I, right, you know, that's very true, right? <laughs> people always say, you know, can't you time the market? Can't you do this? I said, if there was someone out there timing the market, absolutely perfectly, they'd have all the business, but there isn't. So so tell me a little bit about, about your uh, sort of intuition about the market. Of course, I get questions all the time from, you know, some of the people listening to the show are, are new investors. You've never invested at all. And some of them are a little bit more seasoned and everybody's trying to figure out what's going on and, and what should I do? Like, what advice would you give to, to all of us? I guess they're really trying to navigate this landscape of investing in kind of this new crazy world that we're all in. Yeah. I mean, again, no one has a crystal ball and you can put on CNBC every day and someone says the market's going up. Someone says the market's going down. Someone says interest rates are going up. Someone says interest rates are going down. And I always so I always say, you know, I don't know where the market's headed, but I do know a few things through my years of experience, and that's to focus on what you can control. So the first thing is you need to have some kind of investment plan. So you need to decide what money you're going to need in the immediate future and what is long-term money. On your long-term money, you need to come up with a strategy of how much you want in stocks, how much you want in bonds. Then you want to diversify. Make sure that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Uh, we're a big, big fan of something called indexing, which is just owning the markets. You know, Vanguard is one of the most well-known sure. index firms. And I try to talk with people and say, you know, have your plan, implement it through an index strategy, because the only thing you can control in the investment world is your costs and your taxes. And the index strategy is a low-cost, tax-efficient strategy. And I've seen people just get involved in investments that they have no idea what the costs are. 
They get stuck in these investments because there's load fees to get in. Those are expenses to get in, expenses to get out. So if you just focus on what you can control, that's having a plan, being diversified, making sure you know what your costs and your taxes are. And I believe you should invest in broad diversified index funds. You're going to do better than 90% of the investors out there. Wow, that's pretty good advice. I like that. I like focusing on what you can control because there's so much that you can't control. And and we always want to kind of grab at those things, but they are, they're very much out of our control. I think of a lot of friends I know who invested in Bitcoin over the last year and and some managed to, you know, get get very lucky, if you will, and make a very nice profit. And then some friends decided to hold on too long and lost some value. And I mean, there's just so many things that are really truly out of our control. And, you know, if I could give a little advice um for your audience that has 401k choices. Uh, I believe I have a story. I called it Target Date and Tears. And my daughter, <laughs> um, I don't know if you read the blog, but my daughter started her job. She just is an accountant at Deloitte and never asked my opinion on many things. But this she did because I'm in the investment world. She said, Mom, I got to pick my choice on my 401k. And I said, you know, Isabel, you should go into the Vanguard 2060 fund. And, and most um, when you look at your 401k choices, they're called target date funds and they're diversified, low cost index funds, but they're targeted to the date that you want to retire. And she says, oh, mom, that's great. Vanguard 2060. I'm going to put my money in that. That sounds great. But what does that mean? 2060? Does that mean I'm going to earn like 60%? I go, no, that's the year you're retiring, Isabel. And she said, no, 2060, because she just graduated college. So I call it tiers and target date funds. But um, I hope your listeners will, if you put the money in the target date fund, it automatically rebalances, it's diversified, it's low cost, and you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, I like that. Not having to worry about it sounds sounds pretty good in my book. <laughs> and one more tip, um, yeah. make sure you get them at least the match. I know when you're first starting out, it's extremely hard to put money away in a 401k. But if your company is matching a certain percentage, so if you put 4% in and they'll match 2% of it, that's free money. So take advantage of the match. match. Do what you can to try to get that extra money from your employer. I'm a big fan of free money. Yeah. <laughs> Who do, who's not? Yeah. Right. Let's let's take it. Let's take it. Well, wow, we have we've talked about so much. And I love this concept of core values and really rooting yourself in core values and then having that really flow out uh, to your money, to your lifestyle. I'd love for you to just leave us with something that you really want us to to walk away with, either remembering or an action tip. What would be your advice just of what we can step away with in terms of centering our money around our values? Yeah, I mean, the the core values, it's really important with your money. But I do also want to talk a little bit about your time, because time is a finite resource that you have. And you really need to look at how you spend your time with your values. You know, are you spending too much time? you know, at a certain organization? Are you spending too much time helping other people? Whatever it is, make sure that it's within your values. But, you know, I really think that you need to mirror your financial planning with your values. And it comes down 
to looking at your budget and, you know, maybe every quarter or twice a year, really look at where are you spending your money and ask yourself, is this something that I value? And is there something that I'm valuing that I'm not spending my money on? Uh, One of my clients, after we went through this exercise, adventure ended up being a value that she didn't even think about. And she says, you know, I haven't taken an adventure trip in so long. And so she decided that she's going to take this trip and, and go to Costa Rica and save her money and go rafting and climb mountains and do whatever she wants to do in Costa Rica. But she just said, you know, I've been taking these boring vacations and I forgot that adventure was a value. So, you know, take the time, figure out your values. Sometimes they change, but it's great to double check that. What a great uh, just self-discovery practice too. I really like that. Well, tell everyone listening where they can go to connect with you and grab a copy of your book, Maximize Your Return on Life Solution. Yeah, I have a website. It's sherrygrecorikus.com, S-H-A-R-I-G-R-E-C-O-R-E-I-C-H-E-S.com. You could also, it's on Amazon, Maximize Your Return on Life. Invest your time and money in what you value most. You can find it there. And um, I hope that the book will inspire you to maximize your return on life. Uh, there's a lot of financial tips in the book. There's some, I have the list of values in there. There's exercises that you can use to really help you uh, determine your values. I actually have charts in here where you actually put your top expenses and see if they're aligned with your values. So, you know, I hope that you'll uh, get a lot out of it. And I think you're going to have some surprises. Often people tell me when they really start to look at it, some some values surface that they didn't even know were there and other values that they thought were really strong don't even come to the top five. I really enjoyed this conversation. I love the part where Sherry was talking about her dad's famous saying, you can have anything you want, but not everything you want. I love that. So my homework is to create my 2021 value list, and I'm curious, are you with me? I'm hoping you're saying yes. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or family member, someone who you know would really enjoy this as well. You can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guests, as well as sponsors. And please be sure to subscribe and follow Millennial Money Podcast in any player you're listening to right now, including Google Podcasts, and Spotify, so you will never miss an episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.